We need to fill our lives and saturate our lives with the hearing and the reading and the studying of God's Word. Why? Because the Word of God is like spiritual nourishment to our spiritual bodies. Preaching the old-time gospel with a fresh anointing to to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. The Word of God. We need it for a saving faith in Jesus, and we need it to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Today, Brian Tyndale brings us a study in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. Just like newborn babies need physical milk to grow, new Christians need spiritual nutrition to grow and mature. The title of our message today is How to Grow Spiritually. It's about faith, it's about growth, it's about sacrifice and obedience. And it all begins right now. Here's Brian. You know, we all know that it's important to grow physically. Those of us that have children, uh, from the time that they are born, even before they're born, when they're in the womb, and we find out that uh, our wives are pregnant, we're concerned about the growth of that baby, even within the womb. And we're going to the doctor regularly, and we're uh, going for checkups, and uh, we're taking sonogram pictures to make sure that the growth is there, that the that the unborn child is growing the way that it should be growing and that it's healthy and that everything's okay. And then after the baby's born, uh, we go back to the doctor regularly. Why? Because we know that it's important to continue to evaluate if our uh, newborn child is gaining weight, is healthy, is growing. Uh, and then as they continue to grow into uh, toddlers and, and children and, and begin to go to school, we're continually uh, testing them. We're continually taking them to the doctor, to the dentist, to the ophthalmologist to make sure that everything physically is the way that it ought to be. And then as they continue to grow through their lives, uh, we're very concerned about making sure that they go to school, that they learn to read, that they're able to comprehend, that they're growing physically, emotionally, uh, and all of these different ways that they need to grow. So we understand the need for physical growth, and we spend a tremendous amount of time in our lives uh, working on physical growth and measuring physical growth and making sure that every step of the way uh, the physical growth is there because we know that if it's not there, if we're not growing physically, if there are signs that something is wrong physically, that ultimately that means we're not going to be healthy, that ultimately that means we're not going to be uh, physically where we need to be and be able to do the things that we need to do. But unfortunately, as much time as we spend uh, trying to determine where we are physically and how we can uh, gain ground physically and how we can be stronger physically, uh, most people don't spend that much time thinking about the spiritual. And yet the Bible teaches us that God, when he made us, did not just make us physical, but he also made us spiritual. And just like we need to be measuring ourselves physically, just like we need to be concerned about our physical growth and doing those things that lead to us growing physically and and maturing into the people that we need to be, then the same way we need to be concerned spiritually about our growth. And that's what the Word of God is talking about here in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Look at these verses with me today. The Scripture says, Therefore laying aside all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. 
if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices according to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here in this passage of scripture, Peter is speaking about spiritual things. He's speaking about spiritual growth. Well, where does spiritual growth begin? Well, according to First Peter chapter 2 verse 1, the scripture says, therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. What is he speaking about there in that verse? Well, he's listing different types of sin. But what's really uh, most important is not the specific sins that he mentions, but the fact that he's talking about sin. He could have continued to list sin. He was not trying to give us an all-inclusive list of the sins that he was talking about. I believe what he was saying was there's something in our life that has to be dealt with if we want to grow spiritually. And he says what it is that has to be dealt with, he says, therefore, all of these sins, all of these things, and I'm fixing to mention, they have to be laid aside. They have to be put down. They have to be dealt with. They have to be washed away. They have to be taken out of your life if you want to grow spiritually and become the person that God intended for you to be. And what is he talking about? He's talking about sin. Well, where did sin come from? The Bible says that when God created the first human beings, Adam and Eve, and he put them in a place called the Garden of Eden, a perfect place, a perfect environment. And yet, in that perfect place, these human beings that God created, he gave them some rules about things that they could and could not do. And one of the things that he told them they could not do is they could not eat of a certain tree that was in the garden. And yet Adam and Eve, even though they had all of these other possibilities, they had everything they could possibly want or imagine or need. And yet in that environment where they had a perfect place, a perfect home, a perfect environment, a perfect relationship with God, where he was coming down and literally walking with them in the cool of the afternoon. In that perfect environment, man, in his free will, determined that he would disobey the command of God, determined that he would do that which he was not allowed to do. And Adam and Eve took the fruit and they ate the forbidden fruit and sinned against God and rebelled against his word and his will. And as a result of that, sin entered into their life and into the world. And the scripture tells us that because of Adam and Eve's sin, that they failed, that they died spiritually. They didn't die immediately physically, but they died spiritually. And the scripture tells us in the New Testament that through Adam and Eve's sin, that that spiritual death passed to all men, even through their genes, even every person that was born after Adam and Eve, they were born with a fallen nature. They were born with a sin nature. They were born separated from God because of 
sin. And of course, we know that not only are we born in sin, as King David said, he said, in sin, my mother conceived me. He understood this doctrine. He understood this theology. He understood the concept that sin was passed from Adam and Eve to every person that was born after them. And we are the same way. We were born in sin. And yet we're not sinners just because we were born in sin. We know that after we grew up, after we uh, got to a point where we could make our own decisions and understand things, that we chose to sin. The scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The scripture says that there's not one that is righteous. No, not one. All have sinned. Every person that has ever lived, every person that is living, every person that ever will live has sinned except Jesus Christ according to the word of God. Now, why is that important? It's important because this is where we begin spiritual growth. We need to understand that we were not born spiritually alive. When we were born physically into this world, we were not born spiritually alive. We were born spiritually dead because of our sin. The Bible says that sin causes death. The scripture teaches that all have sinned, and the scripture also teaches that the wages of that sin is death. And so even though we were born physically alive, we were born spiritually dead. We were born separated from God by sin. And as we grew physically and matured physically and got to an age of accountability physically, we chose to sin. We chose to rebel against God to the point that there's not one person that has ever lived or is living or will ever live that has not sinned against God. And what is the author saying here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1? He's saying, if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to become the person spiritually that God intended for you to become, the very first thing that's going to have to be done is your sin is going to have to be dealt with. Our sin is going to have to be forgiven. Our sin is going to have to be cleansed. Our sin is going to have to be put out of our lives. Somebody is going to have to deal with with our sin. Somebody is going to have to bring us out of spiritual death into spiritual life if we're going to be the people that God want us to be. Now, how is it that the Bible says our sin is dealt with? Well, the scripture says that there's absolutely nothing that we humanly can do to cause us to be born again out of our sin. There's nothing that we can do humanly to be forgiven of our sin. There's nothing that we can do physically to make amends for our sin, to make atonement for our sin. And yet the scripture gives us the good news of the gospel. And the good news is, is that when God saw that man had sinned, when God saw that man's sin had separated him from a relationship with God, had killed him spiritually so that he was spiritually dead, God saw that and he loved us so much that the scripture says, that he sent his only begotten son into the world. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, came into this world, wrapped himself in flesh, lived on this earth for 33 years. And the scripture says he, he lived perfectly. He lived without sin. And then he willingly gave his life. He willingly sacrificed his body on Calvary's cross as the perfect sacrifice for sin. He had no sin himself. He did not 
need to die or suffer for his own sin because he had no sin. He was tempted in all ways like we, yet without sin. The only person that's ever lived on this earth without sin. And Jesus took his perfect body and he went to the cross and he allowed himself to be nailed to the cross. He allowed himself to suffer and to die for our sin and shed his blood for our sin. And the scripture teaches that what Jesus Christ did on the cross and the precious blood that he shed on the cross and the body that he sacrificed on the cross is the only thing that can atone for our sin. It's the only thing that can forgive our sin. It's the only thing that can wash us clean of the stain of our sin. It's the only thing that has the power to take that sin out of our life and have it forgiven and forgotten and dealt with for eternity. And so today, if we want to be alive spiritually, and if we want to be able to grow spiritually, and if we want to be able to become the person that God created us to be spiritually, then we need to deal with our sin. We need to let Jesus Christ deal with our sin. Now, how do we do that? Well, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, he says, if we will confess our sin, then Jesus is able to forgive our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, that's a wonderful verse that talks about the forgiveness and the cleansing of sin. But I want you to notice something. That verse begins with a very simple and yet important word. That verse begins with the word if. The scripture says, God says to us as sinners, God says to us as those that are spiritually dead, God says to us as those that need his forgiveness and his cleansing, he says, if you will confess, if. And so that depends on us. God is willing to forgive. God is willing to cleanse. God is willing to deal with our sin. He's willing to help take it out of our life. He's willing to do what we need him to do so that we can be spiritually alive. But he's looking to us and he's saying, if you will confess your sin, then I will forgive your sin and I will wash your sin. I will cleanse your sin with the blood of Jesus Christ in order that your sin might be dealt with once and for all and where we might be spiritually alive. And so the very first thing that's going to have to happen, if we're going to be where we need to be spiritually, and if we're going to be spiritually alive, and if we're going to be able to grow spiritually, is we have to deal with sin. The thing that causes us to be spiritually dead, the thing that causes us to be separated from God, the thing that causes us not to be in God's family and to be outside of relationship with God, and that's sin. I remember... In John chapter 3, when Jesus was talking with Nicodemus, he was telling Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And of course, Nicodemus didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. Why? Because Nicodemus, when Jesus said you must be born again... Nicodemus was doing what most of us do. His mind was all about the physical. He was thinking only about the physical. And so Nicodemus said, how is it that a man who is old can be born again? Because Nicodemus was thinking that Jesus was talking about being physically born again after you've already been born physically one time and have grown up and become an adult. And Nicodemus said, that's not possible. It's not possible for a man to be physically born again a second time. And what Jesus was saying was, Nicodemus, you 
have been born physically, but what I'm telling you is you have to be born again. You have to be born again spiritually. You have to be born again spiritually just as you were born again physically, just as you had a physical birth that brought you into life, that brought you into this world, that allowed you to be here physically. In the same way, you've got to be born again spiritually. There's got to be a time and a place where you put your faith in Jesus Christ and confess and repent of your sin and allow God to do a work in your life that can only be done through his supernatural power, through his Holy Spirit, through his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, and what he can do through the cleansing of his blood. And through that, Nicodemus, you can be born again. You can have spiritual life. You can be spiritually alive. Now you're dead because of sin, but you can be born again. And you can have spiritual life when you allow Jesus Christ to deal and forgive and to cleanse the sin that has caused you to be spiritually dead and that has caused you to be separated from God. And the good news for us is that Jesus Christ offers us that same thing. Just as Nicodemus had uh, the possibility to be born again, you and I have a possibility today because of Christ and because of what he did on the cross We have a possibility today to be born again if we will put our faith in him and if we will confess our sin and turn from our sin with his help and put our trust in him and in him alone. But you see, uh, being born again is not the end of spiritual growth. There's many people, I think, that they put their faith in Christ and they confess their sin and they ask for forgiveness and, and, uh, with God's help, they turn away from their sin and they're born again and they're saved and they think that that's the end. They say, well, you know, I am spiritually alive because I've given my heart and life to Jesus Christ. I am spiritually alive and I know that when I die, I will go to heaven to be with him. And they think that they've done everything they need to do. They think that there's nothing else to the spiritual growth in their life. Well, the truth is, that's not so. Uh, Let's think about things physically for a minute. When a child is born into this world physically, and we bring that baby home from the hospital, is that the end of uh, physical growth? No, that's the beginning. That's simply the beginning. When that child is born, when that child comes home from the hospital, that's not the end of their physical growth. That's simply the beginning of their physical growth. And in the same way spiritually, notice in verse 2, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So in the first verse, these people are spiritually dead in sin. And Peter is saying to them, in order to be spiritually alive, you have to put off this sin. And the only way to put off sin, according to the New Testament, is through confession of sin and asking for Jesus's forgiveness and putting our faith in him and what he did for us on the cross. And yet when we do that, that's not the end of our spiritual growth. It's the beginning. How was it the beginning? Well, he says in verse two, as newborn babies. You see, once we're born again, we become spiritual infants. We become spiritual babies, even as we were when we were born physically into this world. Our physical birth was not the end of our physical growth. It was the beginning of our physical growth. And in the same way, if we're saved, if we put our faith in Christ and repent of our sins and confess our sins and ask for his forgiveness and invite Jesus Christ into our life, and he forgives us and cleanses us of our sin and causes us to be born again, again by the spirit
Spirit of God, that's not the end of our spiritual growth, it's the beginning. And where does all physical and spiritual growth begin? As newborn babies. A physical baby, but spiritually, spiritual babies. I was 17 years old physically when I got saved. I was 17 years old physically when I put my faith in Christ and confessed my sin and repented of my sin and asked for Jesus Christ to save me and to cleanse me from my sin. And when he did a work in my life, a spiritual work that caused me to be born again in the family of God, I was 17 years old physically. But that day I became a spiritual child of God. I became a spiritual baby in Christ. And although I was 17 years old physically, I was an infant spiritually. Now, what does God expect of a newborn baby in Christ? What does God expect of a, of a new spiritual baby that has been born again and become a child of God? Well, the scripture tells us, it says that you may grow thereby. He expects us to grow. That's what he expects of new Christians. That's what he expects of those who've just been born again. He doesn't expect us to, to preach the gospel. He doesn't expect us to go and be missionaries. He doesn't expect us to, to do great and mighty, powerful spiritual things. He simply expects us to grow spiritually. That's what I, when my child was born and I brought him home from the hospital, when he was physically born and I brought him home from the hospital, I didn't expect him to put on his own clothes. I didn't expect him to clean himself. I didn't expect him to feed himself. I didn't expect him to go to school. He was a physical infant. He was a baby. And the only expectation that I had was that he would grow, that he would grow. Now, how is it that, uh, baby grows. Well, a physical baby grows, of course, by eating milk. And spiritually, the Bible says the same thing here in verse two, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. So what he says is, is just like physical babies need physical milk in order that they might grow physically into the people that God created them to be in the same way those that have been born again spiritually and become spiritual babies in Christ, they need to grow as well and they need milk, the milk of the word of God. The Bible teaches us that man cannot live by bread alone. Why? Because bread is physical and bread only nourishes and sustains and helps the growth physically of a person. And yet we know that the Bible says that Jesus has not just created us physical. He's also created us spiritually. And so just like we need physical bread in order that we might be healthy and nourished and grow physically in the same way, we need spiritual food if we're going to grow and mature and develop and become the spiritual children that God intended for us and created us to be. And what is that food? Well, the Bible says it's the milk of the word of God. We need the word of God. We need the word of God all through our spiritual growth, but especially when we're first saved, especially when we're first born again, especially when we're first brought into the family of God and we're spiritually, we're weak. Spiritually, we don't know anything. Spiritually, we're like helpless babies in Christ. And at that time, what we need is the word of God. We need to read it. 
We need to study it. We need to go and hear other people that are trained in the Word of God and that are called of God to preach and to teach the Scriptures. We need to go and fill our lives and saturate our lives with the hearing and the reading and the studying of God's Word. Why? Because the Word of God is like spiritual food for somebody that's been saved, for somebody that's been born again. The Word of God is like spiritual nourishment to our spiritual bodies. And so we need the Word of God that we might grow. I've seen in my life since I accepted Christ when I was 17 years old, I've seen two different types of people that got saved. Two different types of people that put their faith in Christ and confessed their sin and repented of their sin and were born again by the Spirit of God. They all became spiritual babies. They all were the very same newborn spiritual babies in Christ that had just been saved. And yet, I've seen how different their spiritual lives can be. Because I've seen people that after they were saved, they immediately began to read and to study God's Word. They had... Uh, other people that came along beside of them and began to teach them God's Word and to disciple them in God's Word. They they found a good Christian church. They began to attend that church, and they heard the preaching, the consistent preaching and teaching of God's Word. They got into Sunday school classes and uh, cell groups and small uh, Bible study groups and began to meet with other believers that studied and read and were taught the Word of God. And let me tell you, those spiritual babies began to grow, I mean, immediately, within weeks within months, within a year or two, they were strong spiritually. They had grown up spiritually. They were mature spiritually. They understood the Word of God. They were spiritually strong. They were beginning to move into a different stage of development spiritually. But I've also seen people who got saved, who put their faith in Christ and confessed and repented of their sin and were born again and became spiritual babies, and they didn't read the Word of God. And they didn't study the Word of God. And they didn't have people that came into their life to disciple them and teach them and train them the Word of God. And they didn't get into a good church. Or they didn't attend that church regularly. And so they were not hearing the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. And they didn't find themselves uh, an entrance into some kind of small group Bible study. And what happened to those people is even though they were saved, even though they were born again spiritually and became babies in Christ, they did not get the milk of the Word of God. And because they did not get the milk of the Word of God, they did not grow spiritually the way they needed to grow, the way God intended them to grow. And it's very possible today. Just think of the two types of people spiritually that we've already mentioned. The first type is those that are spiritually dead. They're dead in sin. They were born in sin, and they've lived their lives in sin rebelling against God, rebelling against His Word, rebelling against His will. And no matter what age they are physically, they are spiritually dead. They are without Christ because they're still in their sins. They haven't put their sins away. They haven't allowed Jesus Christ to forgive and to cleanse their sin. And there's many people today that could possibly be listening to this broadcast, driving down the road, and and physically you know, you're okay. You're paying your bills. You have a job. You have a family. Uh, you, you know, you're studying. You're working. Uh, you know, when we look at your life physically, you seem to be doing okay. But spiritually, you're dead. 
Spiritually, you do not have any life. Spiritually, you do not have any hope because you've never allowed Jesus Christ to forgive and cleanse you from your sin. You've never allowed him to cause you to be born again into the family of God. And so spiritually, if you want to deal with your life today, if you want to be alive spiritually, if you want to begin to grow spiritually, it's going to have to begin with dealing with your sin, with allowing Jesus Christ to deal with your sin. And yet there's probably many people today that are listening to this broadcast that have done that. At some point in their life, at some point in their past, they heard the gospel and they put their faith in Christ. They put their trust in Christ and in Christ alone. And they confessed their sin to Jesus and they asked for his forgiveness. And he came into their life and he forgave them of their sin and he washed them with the blood of Christ. And he caused them to be born again spiritually into the family of God. And they became babies in Christ, but they never received the word of God. They never read the Bible. They never got into studying the Word of God. They never got into a good church. And as a result of that, they they have spent their spiritual life separated from the milk of God's Word, separated from the spiritual food that they so desperately needed, separated from the very food that could help them to grow and mature and be healthy spiritually. And that could very well be where you are today. If you look at your life spiritually today through the lenses of God's word and through the light of his Holy Spirit and you say to yourself, I realize that I'm spiritually dead, even though I'm physically alive, even though I'm working, even though I have a house and cars and material possessions and a family, even though I have all of those things physically, spiritually, I know that I'm dead in sin and I don't have spiritual life. Why won't you call on the name of Jesus Christ today? Why won't you put your faith in him and what he did for you on the cross? Why won't you confess your sin and allow him to forgive you and cleanse you as he's promised you in his word that he would if you would confess your sin to him? And then if you're born again, but you have been neglecting the word of God in your life and you've not been growing spiritually and you've not been maturing into the person that God wanted you to be, why would you not begin to read God's word? Why would you not begin to study God's word? Why would you not begin to attend a a good Bible preaching and teaching church where you can sit under the preaching and teaching of God's word or go to a Sunday school class or a small group Bible study where you can begin to be fed the word of God so that you can mature spiritually and grow spiritually into the person that God created you to be. But even this is not the end of spiritual growth. You know, I think a lot of times people say, well, uh, I've actually talked to them through my life and I would talk to them about their spiritual life, about their spiritual condition. And people would assure me, oh, Brother Brian, uh, I know that I'm saved. I know that there's a time in my life where I genuinely and sincerely uh, put my faith in Christ and repented of my sin and asked for his forgiveness. And I know that I've been born again. I know I'm a child of God. I know I would go to heaven if I die. And yet, as I talk to them spiritually, I realize that if they are saved, then where they are is they're spiritual babies. And and even though they've been saved for a long time, they've never grown past spiritual infants. And I realize what the problem is. They've they've been neglecting the Word of God. They've been neglecting the milk of the Word of God, and so they haven't grown spiritually. But one of the things I realize is, as I talk to people like that, is they many of them they they don't even realize there's anything wrong. They don't even realize that there's a problem. And yet, what if your child, those of you that have children, what if you brought your child home from the hospital and after a few weeks, after a few months, 
uh, you took them back to the hospital and the doctor said, we've done blood work and all of their blood work is bad. All of their uh, vitamins, they showed deficiencies. Um, they're losing weight instead of gaining weight. Uh, they're underweight for their age category. Uh, they're underdeveloped. You'd be concerned. You'd be very concerned because you would realize that something's wrong physically because there's not any growth there. This child that was born is not maturing, is not growing up in the same way. Won't you realize today that if you have been saved, if you have been born again in the family of God and become a spiritual baby in Christ, and you are not growing spiritually, you are not feasting and feeding on the Word of God regularly and growing spiritually, won't you realize that there is a problem? Anybody who's not growing physically there's something wrong. Anybody who's not growing spiritually, there is something wrong. Notice verse 5. Uh, Peter says, You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now notice this progression here. In verse 1, these people are dead in sin, and he's spiritually, and he's telling them they need to put off this sin. They need to deal with this sin. They need to allow Jesus Christ to forgive them and cleanse them of this sin so they can be alive spiritually. In verse 2, he says, you have become spiritual babies in Christ. You have been forgiven. You have been born again. You are spiritual babies in Christ that need to grow through the milk of God's Word. But in verse 5, He doesn't tell them that they're dead in sin, and he doesn't tell them that they're babies in Christ. In verse 5, he calls them living stones. Now, there's a big difference between a living stone and a baby. For one thing, a baby is helpless, is weak, is soft, is uh, easily hurt. A stone, and in this case, he's using an analogy. You don't think of a physical stone. He says, think of a person that is a living stone. They've grown up. They're not a spiritual, weak, helpless baby anymore spiritually. Now they have grown up through the Word of God, being saturated in their life through feasting on the Word of God, through reading and studying and meditating and being taught the Word of God. They have grown up, and they're not dead anymore in sin. They're not babies in Christ anymore. Now they are living stones. They have grown up. They are uh, they are mature spiritually. They are growing spiritually. They are strong spiritually. And what is it that God uh, expects uh, of these people that reach this stage of spiritual development? Well, he says, as holy priests to offer up spiritual sacrifices according to God through Jesus Christ. He wants us to offer up spiritual sacrifices. That's why we need to grow spiritually past being spiritual babies so that we can offer up these spiritual sacrifices to God so that we can mature to the point in Christ that we can worship him, that we can serve him, that we can honor him, that we can glorify him, that we can witness of him, that we can be his ambassadors here in this world, that we can teach others about him, that we can share his word, that we can be obedient to his will, that we can honor and glorify him with our lives. And the only way that we can do that is if we're growing up spiritually and we're becoming stronger spiritually, then and only then can we do that type of thing. And notice that he says in verse 5, are being built up a spiritual house. 
That's what happens when you begin to grow. Slowly but surely, week after week, month after month, year after year, we see ourselves growing. We see ourselves being built up. Not physically. Notice he says, being built up a spiritual house. Just like you would build a physical house. You start with the foundation and then you put up the, the skeleton of the walls and the framing and then you begin to add things to that and then the roof and, and then the exterior, uh, you know, and, and, and just as you see that house coming together step by step, piece by piece, it's a process. He says in the same way, spiritually, as we're born again, as we become babies in Christ, we should be growing spiritually step by step, pass by pass. We should be able to look at our lives and say, look, I'm not where I ought to be. I'm not everything that I should be, but I'm not dead in sin either. I'm not separated from God because of my sin either. I'm not just somebody that's been born again and become a baby in Christ and has never grown spiritually. I'm maturing. I am growing. I am studying God's Word. I am praying every day. I am reading and meditating on God's Word. I am in God's house with God's people, fellowshipping, worshiping, serving. And as I do that, I can see this spiritual growth taking place in my life. I can see that I'm growing up spiritually. I can see that I'm beginning to offer up these spiritual sacrifices to God in the way that I'm doing His will and being obedient to His Word and incorporating His character into my life. And my friends, what I want to ask you today, where are you? Are you dead in sin? Uh, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, or are you dead in sin? Is there a time when you did accept Jesus Christ, and you were born again into the family of God, and you became a baby in Christ? Well, my question is, if there was a time like that, have you continued to mature? Have you continued to grow spiritually? Have you been being built up spiritually into a spiritual house, into a spiritual body, into a spiritual mature person that is able to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God that are pleasing in his sight? I remember when I was a little boy uh, and, and my parents moved me from the crib into a bed for the first time. Uh, one of the things that I had a habit of doing, uh, my parents tell me for the first months that they moved me into a regular bed, every single night I would fall out of the bed onto the floor. And so this became something that happened so often that, uh, you know, it didn't really worry my parents because they had seen me do it hundreds and hundreds of times. And so uh, it it didn't worry them so much. And so one night my parents had gone to bed and they had put me in the bed and, and they were still awake in their bed and they heard me when I rolled off and fell onto the floor. And so rather than jumping up and running into the room to check on me, my dad just yelled to me into the darkness. He yelled and said, Brian, are you okay? And my parents tell me that I yelled back and I said to them, even as a small toddler, I yelled back and I said, yes, I'm okay. I just fell asleep too close to where I got in at. And my friends, that's what's happened to a lot of people spiritually. They fell asleep spiritually too close to where they got in to the spiritual life. They fell asleep and they just haven't grown spiritually. Is that where you are today? Then my friend, I want to wake you up. 
My friend, I want the Word of God to wake you up. I want the Holy Spirit of God to arrest your heart and help you to understand that just like if one of your children were not growing physically like they ought to grow, that that would be a very serious problem that you would need to do something about. In that same way, if you recognize today through God's Word, through His Holy Spirit, if He arrests your attention and helps you to see that you're not growing spiritually like you ought to grow, that you're not maturing spiritually like you ought to mature, that you're not offering up spiritual sacrifices to God today that are pleasing in His sight, that your life is not honoring to Him, that the things that you do in your life are not in His will and according to His Word, then it's probably because you've not grown spiritually into the person that He created you to be. And it very could well easily be that it's because you fell asleep spiritually too close to where you got in to the spiritual life. And I pray that God would wake you up today. I pray that he would give you a desire for his word, a desire to read it, to study it, to go to God's house and to have his word taught and preached to you so that you might grow and be built up into a living stone, into a spiritual house, into a person that's able to offer up spiritual sacrifices uh, that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But then if you go on to verse 9, if you go on to verse 9, it says in verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice where he's trying to take us. He begins by saying, we're dead in sin. We're dead in sin. That's how all of us begin the spiritual life. We begin spiritually dead. We're born in sin, and after we're born in sin, we choose to sin, we choose to disobey God, and that sin separates from God, and the wages of sin is death. It causes us to be spiritually dead. And so until we are born again, until we put our faith in Christ, and until we confess our sin and repent of our sin, and Jesus Christ forgives us of our sin, we are in spiritual death. But then, after we're saved... We become spiritual babies. And through God's Word, through reading it and studying it and hearing it preached and taught, and His Word feeds us spiritually, and we begin to grow, and we begin to mature, and we become grown up spiritually to the point that we are living stones, that we are stronger spiritually, that we're growing spiritually, that we're able to offer up spiritual sacrifices, we're able to worship Him, serve Him, witness of Him, honor and glorify Him with our life by living in His will and by being obedient to his word. But even that is not where God wants us to be. Um, He's trying to take us further. And what I've discovered, there's a lot of people in the church, people that we would call the backbone of the church, the most mature spiritually people, the ones that are there every time the doors are open, the ones that are uh, on all the committees, the ones that are serving God and doing the most uh, in the church. Many of those people have become satisfied with where they are spiritually. They look around and they say, I'm not all that I should be. I'm not all that God wants me to be, but I'm not dead in sin. I'm not a spiritual baby in Christ. I am more mature. I have become one of these living stones. I am offering up spiritual sacrifices to God that are pleasing to him. Uh, And they reach a point spiritually and they say, I see that I'm more spiritually mature than many of the people around me, maybe than most of the people around me. And they become satisfied with where they are. And they don't say this out loud with their mouth, but what they really say is, I'm comfortable where I am spiritually and I don't need to grow anymore. I'm not going to allow God to help me to grow anymore. 
But my friends, let me tell you, he wants you to grow more. In verse 9, these people that were dead in sin, these people that were babies in Christ, these people that were living stones, notice in verse 9, he says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He wants us to be holy, even as he is holy. He wants us to realize that he has called us to be his priests, his servants, his ambassadors, his witnesses in a lost and dying world. And notice what he ultimately wants for us. He wants us to realize the calling that he has on each of our lives to become like him and to be fully spiritually mature and to be filled with him so that Christ is not only in us, but that he's living through us, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into spiritual light. And that's what he wants for us today, my friend. He wants us to mature to the point that we are becoming like Christ, that we are obedient to his word, that we are in the very center of his will for our lives, and that we are allowing him to empower us every day and to live in us, but to live through us to accomplish his will in the world. And we're going out into our family, into our workplace, into our schools, into our communities, into our state, into the very uttermost parts of the world, and we're being his witness and his ambassadors and our life is about nothing more than making Jesus Christ known and glorified. My life's not about money. My life's not about material possessions. My life's not about physical pleasure. My life is about making Jesus Christ known. The one that saved me, the one that died for me on the cross, the one that shed his blood for me, the one that caused me to be born again spiritually into the family of God, the one that has given me spiritual life. I am about serving him and witnessing of him and living for him with everything that I have and everything that I will ever be. My friends, I ask you today, where are you spiritually? Are you dead in sin? Then my prayer today is that you would be willing to put your faith in Christ, confess and repent of your sin, and allow Jesus Christ, the only one, that can cause you to be born again spiritually. Allow him to give you spiritual life. If you've been saved, but you're a spiritual baby and you've never grown spiritually because you've neglected the word of God in your life, I pray today that you would get that Bible that you've been neglecting, that you've been letting collect dust on the shelf. I pray that you would begin to read it daily. I pray that you would begin to study it. I pray that you would find a Christian church this next week and that you would go and begin to attend it and join it and that you would begin to listen to the preaching and teaching of God's Word, that you would begin to saturate yourself with the Word of God in order that you might grow spiritually and not remain spiritual babies. And I pray that you would be built up, that you would be spiritually strong, and that you would begin to serve God and be obedient to His will and be obedient to His Word. But my friends, I pray that if you're already there, that you would not stop. I pray that you would not find some comfortable place and say, this is good enough for me. I've grown to the point that I don't want any more than this. I don't want any more of the Christian life than this. I don't want any more of Christ than this. I'm happy where I am. I pray that God would give us a spiritual dissatisfaction with where we are today. And I pray that we would not be satisfied until we become all that he's called us to be, a holy nation a royal priesthood. I pray that we would not be satisfied until we are allowing everything that we are 
all of our time, all of our energy, all of our resources, all of our talents, all of our spiritual gifts to be used to proclaim the praises of the one that called us out of darkness into his spiritual light. May it be that way today, my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you all that God has called you to be? You're listening to Save to the Uttermost with Evangelist Brian Tyndall. Our message today was entitled, How to Grow Spiritually. If you'd like to hear that message again or give it to a friend, grab a pen and I'll let you know how you can get a copy of it for your own on CD. And here's how you get it. Go to our website, uttermostevangelism.org. There you'll see a banner you can click on to request a CD of this sermon or any of the sermons you've heard on Save to the Uttermost. If you'd like, you can even stream the entire sermon on the website as well. That website, again, is uttermostevangelism.org. If you prefer to write us, just send a letter to Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. That's P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. You can also phone us at 662-372-1912. That's 662-372-1912. When you contact us, be sure to request a free copy of Brian's book, Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. In it, Brian examines the five aspects of salvation, why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. Just ask, and we'll send you a copy of the book absolutely free as our gift to you. Brian Tyndall is the founder and president of Uttermost Evangelism. Brian's been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for over a quarter century and has pastored churches and preached revivals and evangelistic meetings in the United States, South Africa, Asia, Africa, and in Europe. Today, Brian ministers through Uttermost Evangelism as a full-time missionary evangelist. Uttermost Evangelism and the Save to the Uttermost broadcast are funded by the generous gifts of people just like you. Your support helps further kingdom growth. Send your tax-deductible donation to P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863, or visit uttermostevangelism.org. Well, thanks for listening today. Join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through Him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.